0: Dan Mack is back, and this year she has sought out the best customer centric thought leaders from around the world. Are you after practical, accessible, and customer centric marketing? You're in the right place. Sit back and enjoy Dan's Small Business Podcast. So, um, welcome everyone. I'm really excited today to have John DeJulius with us. He is an um, author and an um, international speaker. Um, amongst many other things, he's a passionate um, customer experience um, advocate. Um, welcome, John, to, to the show.
1: Thank you. Great to be here.
0: Um, John, as I was sort of going through all of your materials, which, um, which I did after having a really bad customer experience, which is sort of funny, I, I just sort of wondered what led you into this field. Can you give us some of the background or, the, or your backstory as to how you, you came to do what you do today?
1: Well about uh, actually uh, 20 years ago uh, February fifteenth in a couple of weeks, uh, we opened our first business my, me and my wife, which is hair full oh, okay which, is, which was hair salon uh, I, I, for, uh, a hair salon and not knowing any different we just it, it was it was like any other business for us to truly stand out. Um, obviously, we had to do good haircuts or manicures or facials, but I was really passionate about the customer experience. I don't know why. I just, it was just something I, I wanted. Um, you know, I thought everything else was a commodity. So just from day one, and it, but it was hard, and, and I didn't want to, we didn't want to be known as a, a world-class uh, customer service hair salon. We wanted to be known as a world-class uh, customer service company benchmarked against anyone. So that really started off being our primary focus from day one and then just grew it. Our business took off and exploded and we started, you know, opening and growing and expanding and then from that I started getting asked to to speak on it and, um, you know, had some success and then decided to write my first book, Secret Service, and when that came out in 2003, uh, it it you know, uh, just launched me from a salon owner that spoke a little bit to a speaker that owned a salon and then um, started getting asked to 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 speak with these great companies. It was it was it was crazy. Only only good companies because customer service hire me. You know, and yeah. it seems like the opposite. Uh, but they're the ones that get it. They're the ones that are so paranoid and want to continue to, you know, make that their point of difference. And so you know, I was learning more from them than I was probably teaching them. And then that's what um, got me to write uh, What's the Secret, uh, which uh, it was a compilation of what all these all these world-class customer service companies do um, mm-hmm. that they have in common, which is the Ten Commandments.
0: Yeah. oh, Terrific. So for my audience, which are really a small business, I guess um, I'm just wondering whether it's easier for them to be more customer-centric and build their practices, or whether you think they face the same challenges as a large corporation?
1: You know, that's a great question. One of the first points I make in the book and in all my presentations is, um, you know, I was was trying to answer what's the secret. Mm -hmm. Why is it so rare to find world-class experiences? Why is it so hard to find companies that, you know, differentiate, try to train their employees? Employees, and why is it so hard to find employees that are willing to go the extra mile? And basically, what I say is, how can companies like Disney, Nordstrom's, and the richest carltons of the world, at least in the U.S., um, execute world-class customer service on a daily basis with 50,000 employees, and so many of us struggle with a team of 10 or, or 50? And it should be the opposite way around. Yeah. So, I, I believe, um, you know, we do have it easier if we, we we create the culture in it. I mean, you know, the one thing that, that us small companies have to constantly remind ourselves and our team members is the big boxes, the big organizations can never have that intimate relationship like the mom and pops can. Mm-hmm. But sometimes forget about that. Mm-hmm. And the only advantage that we have we don't take advantage of and you know now it, 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 what what are we competing with
0: mm. yeah no that's really uh, I think that um I think as a small business myself you really you really notice or you're always watching when you get those standout experiences I know me I think um well I don't know I, I was wondering this whether you, you would highlight this in your um in your introduction in terms of, you know, how you develop this, I call it customer centricity, but this mindset, this empathy for um, how it feels to be on the other side. Um, And I don't know if that's something that individuals just have or they experience something really um, terrible and then they start thinking about their own business. I just wondered whether you had a thought on that, whether it's an intrinsic sort of thing that if it happens at the manager level then they are conscious and want to build it, or whether they actually feel like now it's just part of business and they can learn it?
1: Uh, Great question. And that is the the answer is the foundation of everything we share. Um, How good a company's customer service is, the level at which they operate at, it comes down to one thing and one thing only, and that is the service aptitude. And you may call it, you know, centricity. Uh, The service aptitude um, a person and a company has. So a lot of us managers and owners will complain about our employees and can't believe they handled it this way and they don't get it and all that. But uh, service aptitude is not something innate. None of us were born with serv- high service aptitude. You or I didn't have it when we graduated from you know whatever school we graduated. There's no customer service classes. Mm. Um, service aptitude comes from three places primarily uh, prior to where we're at today. It comes from life experiences, and you know typically life experiences didn't afford us the know- how of what world class truly looks like. Mm. It comes from previous work experiences, and you know most companies as you know aren't world class so the, the example there is you know we could have a really good employee, very sweet, but the last place she worked, her owner, her boss was very paranoid that customers were out to take advantage of them. So she he would tell her to, you know, not let them. So she was doing being a good employee and she did what he said. Well now we get that person and we have to, you know, unbrainwash them. And the mm-hmm. third place that service aptitude gets shaped is current work experiences. So we could say it's all about customer first and you know world class and this and it's on our website and all our marketing material. But how much time do we really spend training our employees on soft skill, um mm-hmm. service attitude versus just technical, how to place orders, how to do the transaction, product knowledge, you know, versus service recovery and, and, and engagement. And and the word you use, which I love is empathy. I think the two best words that we can have in our mindset is empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. So to the other question, what we do with every client we work with, and, and I encourage all your your uh, viewers and listeners to, to, to uh, partake in, is um, um, creating a day in the life of your customer. And what does that really look like? Because the, the, the biggest disconnect is the people we're typically selling to, the people we're serving, we're not them. We've never been there, right? Mm-hmm. We may a frontline, you know, employee selling, you know, to business owners. They're buying products from us. Or we might, you know, be at a hotel and, you know, having business travelers come in and we can't relate because you know, we don't travel every day. We don't know what that's like. So we don't have the empathy and compassion. So we, you know, do with all the companies we work with is we kind of create a three to five minute video of a day in the life of, of your customer, and you get to see all their challenges, personal, professional, the fires they're trying to put out, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh! And so when that phone rings or when they pull up to your your door, you like, you know, uh, you know, wanna, you know, give them that 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 experience because you just can, you know, you, you now understand how important and how dependent they are on you to, you know, make their day.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I love the video where you sort of explain that process from Starbucks, you know, the experience of the person who doesn't want to look up from his phone and, and really is in a rush. I mean, that's, that's accurate. People can identify with that as, as opposed to the mum that wants to have a bit of a chat because it is after nine. So I think that that really resonates because it's authentic and, and people really say, yes, that is what happens. Um, I did a couple of those, and I didn't even know um, you know, maybe from reading your book um, with a client that you know I walked through that day and I did it I, I did it with the employees and with the team. And I guess my question for you is, you know we walked through it and said, what is it today? You know what happens from the customer's point of view from the moment they say hello to the moment you shake their hand or have the next engagement. And then what we did is we actually said, okay, this is what it is today. What could it be or what should it be? And, and that was a really good experience because a lot of people only get a section of that experience that they engage with. They never actually saw, and this was a construction company, the whole process. They had never, and some of them were new, never actually knew the part that each person played. So that was interesting from that perspective. But from the other perspective of finding these, I think you call them you know, um, issues or things that are broken or negative points in that. Defects. surface defects that was interesting to actually identify those and then those delightful wow factors that you could put in not heaps but maybe just one or two and i just wondered um from that perspective you know we did that internally um and i just wondered you know even if you did do something like that internally you know should you be doing it again and again is it a one-off thing
1: No, God, no. God, no. So when we do uh, the customer experience cycle mapping, which we're talking about, we look at each point of contact where we can come in contact with the customer. And then we look at it from the kind of the three perspectives, service defects, what we want to avoid, Um, the standards that we should be delivering every time that really, you know, make us stand out and the consistency factor and then the above and beyond opportunities that may present themselves that I want you to jump all over if if you have the, the time and, and the awareness to it. Um, we try to make it for whenever we do the workshop, we always say, all right, this is not about today. This is about 2017. Mm-hmm. And what's nice about that is that removes all the barriers. So, you know, instead of if we thought about today, well, we can't do that because our technology doesn't allow us to do that or our CRM system mm-hmm. or, you know,
0: all of the things. limitations. No, no, yeah. yeah,
1: there's no limitations. Anything is realistic. Yes. And so we get, you know, some really, really you know, outstanding ideas. Then what we try to do from that is create, you know, a plan. You know, what's likely today? That's significantly better than what we were doing yesterday. And then you know, let's work towards what 2014, 2015 can look like. And we get there a lot sooner. Yeah. But then we revisit it, you know, two times a year. You know, and, and always are looking at, hey, can we graduate some of these things, you know, quicker, um, or what have you know, what or what is something new that we've never thought of? And and, and at least in the U.S., if you think about the revolutionary companies that changed, you know, Apple and and, and how Starbucks has in the the U.S. and and, and all these companies, you know, they didn't ask the customer what they wanted. They they, they created something that they couldn't live without. And that's what we have to do. We have to think so far outside the box that, you know, companies are just like, wow, I I never thought this was possible.
0: So when is it a good idea to engage a customer in that sort of process or or is it useful
1: No, you know we, that's funny we, we've always just done it internally uh, with our employees but besides traditional focus groups one of the things that we just came up with is starting to do the customer experience cycle mapping yep. with customers and let them go through each stage and, and and get their insight and and you know you really understand like were their pain points and even things that you never realized that it was really inconvenient to them that you never, you know, picked up, or things that they they felt that was unprofessional that never crossed your mind. Yeah, and you may still wouldn't agree with it, but if it's unprofessional to them, it's unprofessional.
0: Yeah, because they measure what or they say what the experience is.
1: They have your customers be part of that customer experience cycle, and your frontline employees, because if it's just you concocting it. It's hard
0: to get by. Yeah, they don't own it. Yeah, because yeah, the 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 path that I went down because was because of an experience I had in servicing my car, and I hadn't been to this service provider before, and I went to drop off my keys, you know, and just put it in a chute because that's what I'd done with with the previous car, it was a new car, and there was no chute. <laughs> so I sort of went in. And there was a nice receptionist said, oh, will you take a seat? We'll be with you in a minute. I thought, okay, that's okay. And then they called me out by my um, registration number. So they said, yeah. is you know is WPQ123 here? And I thought, well, I don't even know my registration number.
1: Right, it's, right. it's a new
0: car. And I didn't yeah. have it on me. So I had to go and look out the window at my car and I went, oh, yeah, that's me. And so then I said, well, actually, yes, that's me. And then the person sat me down, it was a service person, and said, "Um, still didn't use my name. We're going to go through this. Is this same okay you? And I didn't know because it was a new car. I said, I guess. And then I said, when can I pick it up? Or, you know, at the end of the day, and that was fine. So I went on my way and I thought, God, that's really weird. And I thought, he didn't use my name. I didn't know his name. Why isn't there a key drop off? All of these opportunities missed. And I did go back at the end and and he was there and I said, what's your name? I'm Mark. Mark, do you have a service where I could just drop these keys off? Because really this has taken a lot out of my day and I used to do that. Oh, no, I don't think we do that. And I said, are you sure? Anyway, went and checked. There was a place to drop off the keys.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you know what I mean?
1: That's where, you know, they're doing no new employee training No. And, you know, the new generation of employees have no idea what they have or don't have.
0: Yeah, and even to just not have things like, you know, use a person's name. I mean, these were things that I would have just thought were commonplace. Basic. Basic. Yeah. So that turned me around. What do you think? And 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 how special did you feel
1: being called out P9X, you know, seven, seven, two.
0: Not real. Not real special. Right. And and, and almost – Um, at the same time as that, it was a Christmas and I was new to my now husband's family and I had bought this ham. That was my contribution and it was a branded ham and I took it to the, um, the Christmas and when we opened it to my absolute horror, it was, it wasn't right. You know, we couldn't eat it and I was like devastated because this, you know, this was my, my contribution. I was new to the family, you know, can you imagine? And so I wrote to the company and just said, you know, explained. And, you know, I couldn't believe it. The next day on my doorstep were all of these goods and a, an apology of how, you know, that they, it was a personal letter to me and how they were so sorry and that, you know, and could they also deliver it to my mother-in-law, blah, blah, blah. So you can see that I'm an advocate of That's that. That's cool.
1: And I was, That's cool. You know, and you were probably more impressed with them then had your hand been just fine the first time because they really demonstrated you know there's zero risk to deal with you know they I mean, they're going to stand behind it and take care of it
0: well exactly and you know I've probably told that story a few times so um one of my last questions is you know with all this new technology and CRM and and social media do you think that that's made um you know this this empathy for the customer or the personalization, all these touch points, more or less personal? Or what's the risk now that we've got this technology as a tool to communicate with one another?
1: Well, you know, it, it's gone both ways. Um, probably more to the, uh, you know, uh, less empathy because we can hide behind it. Um, you know, when we used to go to bookstores, now we can order books online. When we used to go to banks, now we have, you know, online bill paying and you know direct deposits and you know you download videos instead of going to the theater so it has removed um you know interaction uh now on the the, the flip side the pendulum has swung so far over to high tech low touch that many of us are dying to be a, 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 a human being with a name instead of a a sixteen digit account number or VIN number or whatever that may be. So mm-hmm. the companies that you know really understand, you know, if they, they could use technology in in the positive. And, you know, use your name and keep some stuff about you so they can ask you about, you know, your your you know new husband or, you know, how was your trip to Canada or anything that they can capture. We always try to teach our our, our clients um, when dealing with, with customers, always focus on Ford, F-O-R-D, and that stands for Family Occupation, Recreation, and Dreams. And, you know, you don't have to ask this stuff, but in the daily occurrence, you know, people overshare and you know like you know you just told three stories here right you capture stuff you got a new car right you know you you told me earlier your husband was from canada and you know you you recently been married right because uh it was it was new in-laws correct Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so i mean you know you could pick up so many things so when you circle back the next time or it might just be from your point of a, a sales software If nothing else, I just mention, you know, hey, did you enjoy the products you bought, you know, last month or the highlights you got? Or did anybody notice, you know, the highlights you got last month? I mean, our our, our softwares tell us so much today about what people do um, that we should be able to personalize it instead of just treating you like a transaction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's the challenge, isn't it? It's 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 not going to the extent of being too creepy <laughs> but also, you know, showing that you actually understand and care. And I think care is a big part of it. Yeah.
1: It is. It really is.
0: Yeah. Um so what what are you up to now? What are you up to with your company? What's next for you over the next sort of 12 months?
1: You know, we're just uh we've really uh it, it turned into a almost a full-fledged consulting company uh, about 5 or 7 years ago. Uh, we spoke, you know, keynotes and stuff more than anything. And now we do more consulting, you know, one, two, three year processes. Um, we also certify people. We have this great, um, so, so we have this uh, uh, Secret Service certification where people from all over the world will come to Cleveland, get trained, and take it back. And we have a, a gentleman from uh, Sydney that has come about four or five times. And uh, he's just exceptional, and he, he's, he's a dentist, uh, Dr. David Moffat, and, and he's now created a company out there called the Ultimate Patient Experience, and he helps you know uh, dentists and me, you know medical uh, companies with creating a, a world class patient experience. He does just such a, a great job, so it's it's exciting because you know we're trying to create a customer service revolution, and we can't do it by ourselves. So, we need people to help us um, so this doesn't become so, a uh, uh, world class experience doesn't become so unique and rare.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's actually more um, accessible. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I really thank you for your time today. I know you're a busy man and you've given us such great nuggets that um, I'll take away. I, I really appreciate your time.
1: My pleasure anytime. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you. Hey, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. For more great marketing tips, go to Dan's blog at www.daniellemcginnis.com and sign up for her marketing tips or visit her website at www.mcginnismarketing.com.au. Catch you next